welcome to It's The Good Guys 2 podcast. I'm Holly, an actress and creative and co-founder of Hooked Theatre based in London. And I'm Becca, a free-spirited comms professional based in London, but outside of lockdown, I'd usually be living overseas. We want this to be a place where open conversations can happen to hopefully promote change. As always, we're going to be discussing topics around sexual harassment and sexual assault. So if you need help, please seek professional advice. One thing that Beck and I always talk about is what guys actually think of our stories when we share them. Do they believe us? Are they just following the crowd? Are they trying to just look and be like a good guy? Because being a typical good guy isn't enough and it isn't going to change women's experiences of sexual harassment, sexual assault and women's rights in general. We'll be discussing how much guys actually notice about women's experiences and what our opinions are on the cultural differences in women's rights. In this episode, we're chatting to the ever-insightful Ken Ibrahim, physio, bookworm and blogger. You can find his wonderful blog, The Interracial Space, on Instagram, or you can check their website, www.theinteracialspace.co.uk, where they've created a space for interracial couples to connect and share their experiences. And they've also got a podcast coming out soon. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, well, thanks so much for joining us today, Ken. Absolute pleasure. Um, so you've, pleasure. <laughs> you've uh, seen a lot of the stuff on our blog, haven't you? Um, and you've done a lot of the male perspective on the on the female situations. I just wondered if you were sort of shocked by anything or there was anything that kind of stood out to you that maybe you weren't aware of. Um, so I wasn't shocked by it, I guess. If that makes, like, I wasn't really shocked by it because... I'm aware these things go on and I'm like, like, like I said, I've written like one or two, like one piece for you guys. So wasn't shocked by it, but I never really considered it. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't consider that big a deal, but I never really kind of thought about it in depth and kind of really broke it down into kind of how that can affect a woman or a young girl and kind of how that affects their, their life going forward and how they, how they might reform, form relationships with other people or other men. Whether that be in whether that be in like friendship or any kind of intimate relationship, so I wasn't shocked by it. But I never really thought about the the impacts that it could have. Yeah. Um, so that was, I think, I probably had a shift in my my thinking. Probably last kind of six months to a year or so. That's really kind of opened my eyes to actually how messed up things are for women and how actually how hard it is. Like I obviously always been aware of like the difficulties of being a woman, but never really considered it. So that has been an interesting kind of shift in thought process in the, in the last six months to a year or so. Yeah, and you said something interesting. You said you're not surprised by it, but one of the mm. perspectives you gave us was, I've definitely been someone who's just allowed it to happen and not said anything about it. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. So you're, we're talking about um, what happened a lot. No, so we're, talk, we're talking about kind of that piece I wrote for you guys, talking about the girl... Mm. In the in the in the bar, who's some guy swiped his like his credit card down her cleavage, and like okay, I've never seen that happen, but I've been out at uni, and I think I write where like people I hang out with, like my friends who I play football with, who I'm good friends with, like they'll slap some girl's bum, they they don't even know and think it's funny, and I would never do that because it's not something you think to do that. That's not something you go like you wouldn't just go and do that because it's creepy and it's weird and it's complete violation, but. 
by not saying, look, that's not cool and kind of calling it out, it allows that stuff to kind of go on. And it's that whole thing of, um, unless you say something and call it out, you're just as bad, you're, you're complicit to the problem. And until um, people start seeing and calling it out, things won't really change. And the really funny thing is actually, was it lot? Ooh, I went for I went for a run like three days ago, and I went for a run, and I saw this guy like following this woman, and she she didn't look comfortable at all. And I shouted to her, I was like, "Are you okay?" Because because and that my, now my mindset changed. I, I noticed things that I probably would have noticed beforehand. I said to her, like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm cool." And the guy just kind of walked off. And they, they, they had seemed to have had an argument and they, she clearly wasn't comfortable with the situation. But like, my mind thinking is, if I didn't shout out to say, are, are you okay? Would that situation carried on? Now, I don't know what happens afterwards, whether she goes home or what happens after that. But in that moment, what, what I saw, what I saw, you can still have an impact on what can happen or not happen. Um, so, the, yeah, the, my mind shift, my mind shift, my mind shift has been definitely has definitely been apparent in the last yeah six months to a year yeah because it's not about it's not like girls want to be saved it's just when girls call things out guys just laugh at girls they're like oh you're overreacting or you're being too sensitive mm. or it's just a smack to your bum or i was only just like mm. behind you i wasn't like following you i was just going the same direction mm. it's kind of like it's kind of gaslighting it's like no 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 you're you're you were wrong about that whereas when a guy mm. calls it out it's like mate come on now mm. so it's just mm. that kind of ally and i think that's what me and holly have been speaking about it's like we don't want to be protected mm. we just want those allies who can call out and say you're not being stupid or you're not you know we just want to be said that we're right it's, what we think. it's, a, it's it, it comes down to this common respect and decency so and like it's so it's only to you you, you so it's only to me i'd feel the same way about it and like, like lucky for me i had my like my general size and actually if i said something people would respond to it whereas in most situations you know on the on average, you know, women are generally smaller than men and not physically as strong as men. So therefore, you know, if a woman does confront things, or she may not feel com com confident confronting it because they're not sure what that response might be and whether, whether it gets physical. Because if someone's willing to do that to you and they don't even know you, you don't know what the response is going to be if you then confront it. Yeah. And so when you do have the ability to see it and call it out, do it. Because actually, you don't know how important that will be for someone else. Yeah. Um, and so it's yeah it's it's and it's not a thing about trying to you know, like you said not trying to save women or kind of be because that's not what it's about it's about if you see something that's wrong you do something about it and like if it happens to anyone i know like i've got friends who i go out with and i'm like text before you get home like when i was at uni i'm like messing me when you get home because you i know how dangerous it is out there and you, you see it all the time mm. you see like what happens in the news and stuff so it's like well it isn't safe for women to go home on their own at night time or to even to be out late but it's like if you're not out late if you're out late and you're not in a group i'm like are you sure you should be doing that not because mm. it's your fault but because actually because of the world we live in and yeah. that in itself is a problem and speaks i guess to the issues at hand do you speak to your partner about this stuff like have has any of this sparked any conversations between you or has she said anything to you uh, i don't know really because I, i'm always i'm very protective joe anyway like so naturally, so like I hate going for a walk. I don't hate going for a walk, but I'm, I'm very lazy. Once I've done my exercise for the day, I'm not going out. So I need to. Whereas, like, so I'm, I'm quite lazy, let's be honest. Like, you are I'm so lazy. lazy. 
I'm lazy. I'm, la- I'm lazy in bits. I go to the gym <laughs> and I'm done for the day. I've done my I've done yeah. my quota. But like, so, so Joe's been working from home for the last year or so, and like, so she won't go for a walk in the evening. So Jenna went to it's like five o'clock and it's dark. I'm like, oh, I can't even bother to go. But a part of me would be like, I could not go, and Joe would probably be fine. You know, it's a relatively safe area. It's well lit and stuff. But I'm also like, I'm not not gonna go because actually it doesn't take a lot for that to change. So. Mm. I'll go for a walk with her. Not because I want to go for a walk with her, but actually I don't feel I won't I don't feel comfortable her being on her own. Yeah. Um and and things like going out, that's like, I always I always say like call me, I'll pick you up. Like and I mean call me, I'll pick you up. I, I don't care what time it is, call me and I can't pick you up. Or if you're getting a cab mix, you're getting a cab with kind of three or four people. Like there's always mm. a, like, I always know how she's getting home. Yeah. And if anything deviates from that kind of plan, I'm on my phone straight away. Um, so I would say we've had, like, had, had, had a formal conversation about kind of um, kind of being out late at all or having any kind of any anything happen to her but I'm very mindful in terms of if she is out I want to know how she's going to how she's going to get home mm. and like how because and when she gets home how, is she home safe that's that's what I want to know because you know, I mean, you know what, what the world is what like and yeah, what a world we live in, because I know I've been out and I've called Ken on a night, like, not even a night out, just like I've been in London or walk- something. And I Remember yeah. that day I called and I was like, but you didn't pick up. And then I got on the oh, tube shit, to go break. Oh, and he was man. like, I'm going to miss your brother. I was going to do this. I was going to call other people because you were so concerned that something happened to me like- in London. Like, this is the world that we live in. Do you yeah. have this as well, Holly? Do you have people that are really protective over where you are? Yeah, well, I called my dad when I was finishing work last night and he was like, because yeah. I was, I had my AirPods in and I was walking down like the main road. So it's like, it's really noisy. So it's annoying to be on the other end of yeah. the road. My dad was like, where are you? And I was like, well, it's dark and I'm just walking back from the tube station. So I just wanted to call someone. He was like, oh yeah, good. No, 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 that's good. He was like, just call me whenever and stuff. So it's yeah. like, it's it's the same sort of thing. And I think, I think that's mm. just inevitable. Like, I think that's just always been something from a young age that girls are kind of mm. taught to do you know don't you know don't talk to a stranger don't walk around in in the dark by yourself whereas boys can kind of can mm. a little bit more but I think that also comes into play with kind of going back to what we were saying earlier about women in society I think you know it's it's starting to change but naturally they're kind of just listen to a little bit less and not and not taken as seriously like say in the workplace or something mm. so if you're in the workplace and your mm. manager's a man and you know one of the mm. guys inappropriately touched you or I don't know or makes these comments mm. where do you turn because you've kind of not really got a female ally just because your man's mm. a manager and then you've got mm. you've literally got nowhere else to turn and you just think well this happens all the time so mm. I think that's why people have only really mm. started kind of actually being like do you know what it's actually not okay if mm. when you walk past me you hold my hips I know that's culturally been the thing for however long but i saw some i saw something on 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 instagram it's just like you don't you don't need to squeeze past me and and like you wouldn't do it with a guy you just shimmy past yeah you need to put your hand on my hip and bum and move it yeah yeah i mean if it was a guy you'd probably forgot a guy will find a 10 10 ways around doing that but when it's a woman, he only, his only way of getting past is by holding someone's hip, which is just ah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, can, if I tried to pass you and have my hand on your back, I'd be like, oh, that's so weird. 
I don't know what is going on here. Way. I was like, it doesn't work the same way. And I think, and I, th- I, I think you're right. And kind of going to what you're saying, Holly, there's definitely been, I guess I can't really speak from a woman's point of view, but I know what it's like from being black. And so when black people try to talk about race or white people, people get, get really uncomfortable by it and they don't want to address it because they then question that. One, they feel attacked and accused, like yeah. they're the issue, or they they're scared of being called a racist. But it's like, well, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking actually, this is my experience, and then they don't acknowledge that. And now I can only imagine that's the same thing or, or similar experience for women that when they go to bring up issues that or things that affect women, men invariably shut off and one get quite personal, get quite defensive, and, and don't actually listen to the conversation. Yeah. Um, which actually then. You don't actually have that conversation. All you get, all you get into is this defensive game of I said this, you said that. So, well, that's not the conversation. The conversation. Yeah. This is my experience. How can we change that? Yeah. Um, I remember. And I remember. I was listening. To, I was listening to Radio Five Live. I think it was like a couple of days after the Sarah Everard, when she, when her body was found, and they were getting guys to call in, and like, a couple of guys are trying to defend themselves. I was like, it's not about you. Like. Really? Yeah, honestly, is it? I was like, some some guys were kind of saying, "Oh, you know, it's not all guys." It's like, well, that's not the point. It's <laughs> no. not like the majority. Like, it, it's enough of the population that these yeah. things keep happening, and th- and that's the whole thing that people don't listen to the conversation and they're too busy trying to defend themselves to actually listen yeah. to what's gone on. Yeah. Which yeah. It's just it's literally just it's just pointless, isn't it? It's like how how are you ever gonna learn about an issue or learn about other people's experiences if you don't feel attacked by it you know it's not about you in that mm. moment at all mm. it's like it was not about mm. it's not all men like, it's not about like why mm. was why was that even trending and it was even like when when the but black lives was, matter last year happened everyone yeah. was like all, all lives matter it's like we, but you're literally missing the that's, entire that's the point that's yeah that's not yeah. the issue it's not yeah, about yeah. you it's, it's about black people's experiences mm. it's not about that and it was the same it was the same. That was the first mm. thing me and Beck said to each other. We were like, "Why on earth is not all men trending? Like, it's not about men. It's about a woman's I, experience." Mm. And I think that comes down to this whole, like, this was. I think this, this whole societal thing where things are very polarized. Is is even like them, 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 and us, or you're this, you're that, and it's like actually, you don't. People that don't actually engage in engage in conversation. They don't actually listen to other, other person's point of view try to understand it and then act on it they automatically go to their oh it's not me i'm fine so if i'm fine then it's not my problem and it's like well it might be a problem now but if you've got a wife or a mom or a daughter that can be your problem because if you allow certain things to go on eventually that's going to come back around it and affect your life and mm-hmm. we you know as a culture society, we don't talk about issues like we don't like talk about things that go on and actually break it down to understand what is the cause for this we just put defenses up like gaslight people like ridiculously to a point where they give up because it's exhausting mm. and then it happens again and then when it happens again we have exactly the same conversation people get angry say a few things you know try to defend themselves well you're, you're still part of the issue and now nothing's changed and now it's another person who's been killed another woman's been killed or murdered or, or raped or whatever and then they try and blame the woman for the behavior or say oh she was she was just a certain way it's like okay she was just a certain way it doesn't mean you have to go kill her mm. or like yeah it, we had, it's not, um, it doesn't go hand in hand at all we had a really interesting conversation 
in the last podcast with Fraser, right? Yeah. And he was he was saying about how kind of the next generation is in our hands kind of thing. And I know I've had conversations with you and you've had conversations with your partner about mm. what would happen if you had a girl. Now, you've also got kind of interracial space, right? So oh, that's stress. your kind of blog site. <laughs> you were even saying yeah. about how, you know, you're going to have a mixed race baby because, I mean, this is what mm. your whole blog is about, having yeah. people from um, cultures but, coming together yeah. it's like and I know your partner was saying I don't know how I'm gonna like do our hair like all of these different mm. elements to it so talk to us about that talk to us about having a girl and <sighs> about having this kind of cultural mix thrown in as well I mean firstly the thought of having a girl terrifies me like yeah <laughs> I've, said it for, I've said it for years like, I've said it for years like my niece is 10 now I was like my niece is to her brothers. I mean, she's getting to her age now. You got to worry about boys and stuff. I was like, oh, good luck. So, I like genuinely. I the thought of having, you know, first I'd love to have a, a, a child first and foremost, but I don't want to be happy and healthy. But having a girl has different issues that come with it, and you have to think about things very differently, which isn't fair. But and you, and people say you know you have to raise your kids equally. You can't do that because this world isn't built that way, and so you've got to t- take into consideration a lot of different factors. Now, I guess you, f- you throw into the mix, I guess, of having a a, a mixed race child. Um, and again, so things like so things like hair, which is a, a very big thing. Yeah. I'm assuming for girls, generally speaking, from what what my experience is, that's don't say it's a big, it's a big thing. I could be wrong, but you know, I'm, I'm throwing it out there tentatively. And so, and it comes down to kind of what what her hair's like. So if her hair's like mine, which is kind of very curly, you know, I've only recently started to understand how to kind of do my hair and how to look after my hair. Now, having a mixed race child who may have kind of hair like mine, how you look after that hair is very different, and also how that hair's perceived. So like, for, well, we said, I say for years, like centuries basically black hair has been kind of stigmatized and, and profiled and made a negative to the point where like a, re- a school that like Pimlico Academy happened probably about, I think I spoke to you about this Becca probably about six weeks ago now mm-hmm. tried to put a rule out saying that kids can't have afro hair and they can't have their hair in cane rows which is a complete racial profile and ra- it's, a, it's a racist policy put, put to how it is and it's like okay so now we've got to think about how we educate our child to understand their hair understand their hair is actually is beautiful and is natural and they shouldn't feel so away for that because actually, if you look at the media, everyone's hair has to be straight hair. Apparently, that that that's the look, which isn't. But that's been it's been Euro, you know, beauty has been kind of Eurocentric for kind of centuries. So you have to break those barriers down, and then you and then there's that the the other added difficulties or kind of and it kind of goes what happens with Meghan Markle and um, the royal family asking how how dark she's going to be. Or how dark, mm-hmm. how dark, or how light Archie's going to be, because that has a serious impact on their on their life and also the mm. p- the possible possible opportunities that they might have. So, like colorism is a massive thing within the society. Well, just within racism itself, and something that's quite it's, it's ignored quite a lot. But you know, so effectively, to kind of simple it down. The light, the, the more light skinned you are, generally speaking, the more the white world accepts you as being beautiful. So effectively, like, so if you look at Beyonce and Kelly Rowland, okay, Beyonce is also very light skinned compared to Kelly. If you take their take their talent apart, Beyonce gets a people. Beyonce is idolised because of the way she looks, but dark dark skinned women do not get the same love. So now, 
having a daughter who's, who's mixed race, she may be very dark, she may be very light. We don't really know. But there's then those elements of how, you know, how she's going to be perceived by the world and what's the world going to try and tell her how to feel about herself. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of stuff to break down and understand yeah. that. It's, I, don't, I don't even know where to start with it because there's so much there and there's so much difficult conversations difficult conversations to have but there's so much when you think when we're thinking about parenting and we've, we've had these conversations already kind of we have to look at what message we're trying to give to them and how to empower them to understand who they are and who they are isn't determined by what the rest of the world tells them because you know how toxic social media can be and how that can have a real impact on what, what people see and it's those sort of balances and challenges that yeah, you may not have to worry about as much with a with a boy potentially. I mean, there's different challenges when having a boy, but things regarding beauty and like hair and those sort of things has a, is is real real prevalent. It can, it can be really really toxic. So we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> well, hopefully things are going the way they're going. I think people, people are some people are starting to hopefully realize that it's just that everyone's experiences are valid. And it was like it was mm. like the Meghan Markle thing where. I'm, I'm not going to name names, but a few people said to me, do you believe her though? And I'm like, she's just sat there and said she, she wanted to kill herself. Why mm. on earth? If that, was, if that was Kate Middleton, would you even for a second no, question of that? Of course not. I said, how on not. earth could you, would you even question that, that her feelings are valid? Like, mm. th- that is her so who, experience. Who's going to make that up? Who's going to just lie about trying to kill, like, Who's ever going to say, I don't, you know, they're going to throw his light, oh, I want to kill myself. Like, who's who's really doing that? Exactly. And is... also, by even questioning that, you are literally part of that society that is saying mm-hmm. you don't believe mixed race or black women. You're saying you don't yeah. believe what they say. You're not you're not considering yeah. that their feelings are enough as white women. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's I think people don't, it, I think it's so ingrained into people's, upbringing in society that they just can't even see it themselves mm. and I think that, that yeah mm. I think it's definitely going to be it's it's a hard thing for especially how do you teach that to a young girl that's just been brought into the world that you know maybe when you're older some of your feelings people might not accept but they are valid mm. like that's it's you know it's a very difficult thing to it, it, it is difficult, I think, and that's kind of one of the reasons why we kind of, me and Joe started, you know, our, our, our blog, um, which is like, just so we can kind of find other people who will go through that experience and stuff, and kind of through our blog, we found like really cool, like, um, the, there's like the Mixed Race magazine, which is like Mixed Race Kids, or, or Mixed Race People, actually, not kids, but there's loads of stuff out there, actually, that actually, that they can now see themselves, and I think they can hear a lot of different stories from people, like there's, I don't know, there's one DJ who, her story recently, and like, so she's Mixed Race, but her she's she, her, she's light skin she's basically white effectively like from a complexion point she looks white but her hair's really curly and it's probably from my dad's side and it's like actually how does she then identify with growing up in a very black environment but looking white and people telling her that she's not black and it's like it's a very i mean I, i'll never understand it because i don't have that experience but it's it's a very it's an interesting thing where like their experience will be dictated by who, who who sees them and how that person judges them will dictate their their potential experience which is messed up but if you go back to kind of the whole Meghan Markle thing as well it's like it's difficult because like 
yes, she's mixed race, but she, she's treated as she, she, she's black, effectively. So it comes down to that. When, basically, if you have kind of, if you're black at all, it's like the kind of the one drop rule. If you have any sort of like um, different kind of um, background, background to you, they're, they're treated as if they're black, if that makes sense. And they will be, get the same sort of stigma or kind of negativity towards them compared to someone who's white, even though they might look exactly the same. Because Meghan Markle isn't particularly dark skin as such, but the amount of racial, racial, racial abuse she gets is, is, is phenomenal. And obviously, those are things that our child's going to have to deal with potentially and kind of live through that. So how, we, how you navigate that, I'm not really sure. It's that thing of kind of education and growing with it. Um, but I think it comes down to people as well, kind of what do people... I always say to Becca, do people actually care when it comes to things like kind of equality and like race and stuff? Do people actually care? Are, are they paying lip, lip service to it or do they truly care about the topic? Yeah. Because, you know, people can, anyone can say something like throw a, a, a post out there and then kind of leave it at that. But actually, do people genuinely care about a topic? Mm. Personally, I don't think people really do yeah. in terms of like women's equality and in terms of race. I don't think people care enough. I think the majority of people don't really care they're happy to kind of go about their life and enjoy the benefits of their life and not worry about everyone else yeah which is you know the story of man i guess um which is tricky to deal with but that's what it comes down to i think yeah people kind of go oh god that's actually really awful i'm i actually don't agree with that as well so i'm going to show them that i support them for about a week mm whether they're, yeah, that's, that's, mm. that's women's rights or, or racism. And then they just carry on mm. with their life for the rest of the couple of weeks. And yeah. probably either if they're yeah. in the club at the weekend and this guy is trying to do whatever, their friend's trying to do whatever to a girl, they probably just, you know, not, not everyone. Oh, and it's, 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 yeah, it's not everyone. But I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say the majority. I'm, I'm, I honestly think a lot of people don't actually care. I think people put the lip service out there, but I think, Deep rooted, they don't, they don't put their money in their mouth because they actually go and do the work to understand things a bit better. And like, I, I'd probably you know, same percent people say they care, but they don't really. They think they care. They think by posting one picture or tweeting one thing shows that they're they're compassionate and they're aware of the situation. But I don't think unless you're doing things in your day to day life that change, unless you change your behaviours, you don't really care. Mm. And whether that's actually you see something on the street, you say, "Okay, are you okay?" Or whether you you read a book that's written by a woman, like it hasn't been massive things. But unless you change something in your day to day life or have those conversations, I don't think people generally care about a topic until they actually actively try to do something about it. Because if you're not actively doing anything about it, then you're just you're just part of the problem and carrying on, and you don't. That, and, yeah. and that's how I see it. I could be and that's quite a strong opinion, but I kind of stand I by think, that I think based people, on what um... I've experienced. I think people only, as you say, like care when when it starts affecting them personally. So mm. I've had guys mm. message me being like, I've only started realising since the Sarah Everard thing that my girlfriend felt unsafe. And because their girlfriend now feels unsafe, it's brought directly to their attention and they want their girlfriend to feel safe. So they automatically mm. go, well, what can I do to help? And like, this is a yeah. bad situation. So yeah, it's, mm. that that is the case. It has to directly affect them, otherwise they won't really care. Mm. Mm. Yeah which is difficult i guess yeah well it's i think we had this conversation back where we were like people were like oh i feel really bad that i didn't reach out to you and it's like okay so 
because you feel bad this is now you acting on it and then either engaging in that conversation about what happened to me or engaging in mm. the conversation that kind of needed to be had or needed to be asked mm. I, I, yeah and I think I think there's also experience even that I've known that I think again when we had a conversation back about I think I was like oh my god I've just remembered that that happened to me because I think sometimes mm. you just bury stuff in your mind because mm. up until sort of really sort of more recently I guess I don't know if that comes with just what's happening with the Sarah Everard mm. thing but also as kind of you get older as a woman you kind of realize you don't want to stand for that bullshit <laughs> mm. but yeah I mean that makes sense <laughs> But um, I think it's also because it's difficult to process. Surely it's difficult to process every single micro or micro trauma. Or every, you know, if you process every single, every single thing that happens to you, does it does it become difficult to just live your day to day life? Because you know, if you're always processing what goes on, because it happens so often. Yeah. This is the thing, though. It's like we're not even trying to like. I don't think girls sit there and go, "Hey, this just this just happened. Let me just process that." And now that's in my bank of things that have gone wrong and guys have done to me. Like, I don't think it's a conscious thing. I think it's. <laughs> I think you're warned about certain things from a child, and then you kind of go, mm. "Oh, that won't happen," or like, "I'll give everyone the benefit of the doubt," but then it it just adds up, and like that's just it's like a logical thing, like this experimentation thing. It's like it just adds up. So like a tiny thing that mm. a guy does like doesn't call out or doesn't help. It's like you're one of them thank you can't trust mm. guys like it's not mm. just one of those things where experience just backs up unfortunately and it's like yeah. unless there's going to be a cultural shift or a societal shift or guys become aware mm. of it whether they have girls of their own or whether they mm. have girlfriends or whatever then it's not going to change and girls are just going to mm. keep adding up all of this stuff and I think these conversations are really important for girls who are younger than us because we're going through this now we've had so many years of experience in this it's like well we mm. want change for the people that are coming next so yeah the next mm. generation and how you'll be bringing up a, a girl maybe like i'm saying is mm. it's gonna happen she's not even pregnant is she like no you're not even pregnant no. maybe yet, but <laughs> I'm <like> everything <laughs> in the room <laughs> yeah wedding first and then we'll deal with that but no yeah but that, that's the next it's, generation that's the next thing and it's like so yeah we've got girls that have gone through it and they're still going through it now and it's like well we're the first I don't know okay we're not the first generation to speak out about this but we're we have such a platform to be able to change things now whereas before it was kind of yeah women were still kind of looked down upon like I have conversations with my mum and my nan my nan is such a different such a different generation right they mm, were more reliant mm. on men completely my nan's generation mm. my mom's generation they were learning from my nan so my mom was mm. like well you know i'm gonna have to find a guy and settle down and do this and do that mm. the kind of traditional way of doing things and it's come down mm. to me and i'm like hey i'm looking at my mom and my nan and going hey that's just not right like that's not what that's i want to do yeah and now we've yeah, got the internet yeah. now we've got these conversations and now we've got the ability to change that stuff mm. so Definitely. We're the first generation that has had this kind of conscious awareness and the means to change something. And I think that's yeah. why these conversations are so important now. Yeah, I think, I think you're yeah. right. Like you, we, we now have the tools to do things. Or no, we have the tools to do more. So, you know, and I, I guess that that's the gift and the curse of social media because you can do a lot of good things with social media. But, you, you know there's also a lot of rubbish out there but like you say there's a lot more tools and a lot more resources to go and educate yourself and do more and if you want to do more which is I guess the silver lining I also think for younger girls who are listening you know when you're sort of like 15 16 I think you start drinking you start going out there's all these sort of things that get mixed up into kind of I don't know sexual assault and stuff like that and like hopefully mm. younger girls will feel more confident to call a guy out if 
he's done something when she's been drunk or you know because I think there's Mm. especially when I was younger there's these lines that were kind of crossed that kind of I remember beating myself up for and being like oh Mm. god I wish that hadn't have happened but just thinking that oh it happened Mm. whereas like I think back Mm. to it now and I think actually I was like you know, you know when you get really drunk when you're younger, <laughs> and it was like actually. I didn't did that, so I can't comment on that one. <laughs> you didn't really drink. You know, but you, was, we were at school, yeah. we were at school together. Though. You saw me going through a lot of that though, Ken, didn't you? Mm, like mm, you saw mm. all of that play, and I remember you being such an observer. And that's not me saying you should have called it out. Like that was completely fine. That's not this, but mm. it's kind of like you saw, you saw what guys were like, and you saw the situations. It was so. Yeah. Bad. And that's one of his why. One of his why I, I didn't drink at uni is because actually I didn't like I didn't like the idea of being out of control. Yeah. I don't like I I stood on that idea not out of control out of control thing but like not knowing what's going on with myself not knowing where like my my wallet is my phone is like I don't have beer like being drunk and not knowing where I am X Y and Z and I've been at uni and I I remember when I was at uni I remember there was this girl on our course. Um, and she was like, um, we were like 19 at the time. We were, she was ridiculously drunk. And there was like this 50 year old guy. Well, I don't even know how he got, in, got into a uni night, first and foremost. But this 50 year old guy, like trying to buy her drinks, trying to put her arm around her. I was like, what is going on? And like, because I knew her, we were friends. I was like, Look, you, I need to go home. So I got a housemate and got, got the, her, got, let's put her in a cab home. But it's like, it's just like, so when you see those things, it makes you act a certain. It makes you, I guess, do things differently. And I guess alcohol is very alcohol is a very interesting topic because I don't feel like people we talk about say we, but I just like we talk about how to drink responsibly because in mm. England it's a very binge drinking culture. It's a culture, it's a massive. It's, a bit, it's like oh, it's Friday, I'm gonna get smashed. It's like why? Yeah, but that's also <laughs> put, yeah. I'm going to have one drink. It's 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 chill. also put onto you though when you're younger. I think not everybody, but I think it's like you hit a certain mm. age. And it's like oh, we start drinking now. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and then you kind of realise. Mm. I've kind of realised now as I'm older. I'm thinking, why was that even a thing? Like, why was that like? Mm. You know, it's why is that thing to do on a Friday night? Yeah, like there's so many other things, wholesome things that you can do that aren't going to make you feel like crap for the entire week and aren't going to yeah. put you in traumatic situations. But I just yeah. think as a society, that's just not. It's it's either you drink or you don't drink, and if you don't drink, yeah, you're you you know you're looked at as like oh why don't you drink, which obviously pressures a lot. Yeah. That kind of pressures a lot of people into yeah. just being like oh well I'm just going to drink because everyone else is drinking and everyone else is drunk, and then it's mm. like and then you're automatically mm. in this drinking culture that maybe you didn't actually ever want to really be in because mm. it's quite a weird culture really. But this is this it is, is thing, I think when you drink Correct. right. When you drink, you you yeah, you're not always in control of yourself. Whether you only drink a little bit, you drink a lot. But the whole idea is that you want to be able to trust the people that you're with. And I know that I've been on nights out, and then we've even had stories on the website about this where you've been out with your friends, and then a guy friend has taken advantage of you, been incredibly drunk. Like someone being mm. in the story on the website was that person was completely unconscious, and then they had sex Aww. with her. So. Things like that, uh, it, 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 this isn't even people that you don't know. This isn't strangers. These are your mm. friends. And this is why I think there's a distrust with guys and mm. girls. Because that happens. Yeah. I mean, I, like, it, I, don't, I don't have to respond to that because it's horrible to think about that. Like, it's horrible to have that. Like, you've got friends that would do that to a friend. And 
like the ramifications on that particular person is can be so detrimental to the to the rest of their life in terms of like how they have relationships going forward, how they engage with just with every aspect of their life, and for people to do that, I, I it's, it's it's a difficult one to swallow because like these things happen, and it, you know, and it's like how I don't know how someone lives, lives with themselves, and like, and also I, not even that person, but the, the person who's been outside of it, like. Do, do people do people talk about it? Like, do, they, do they do they tell their friends? Do they, do they tell their mum or like because obviously, or do, well, they, do they just well, sit with that? With that, that, that like with that particular story, the person that that mm. had it happen to them, they said um, they they didn't tell anyone, but it started going out mm. gossip, and then the friends found out and then made it out as their fault. So yeah, the situation didn't resolve itself even when people knew about it. They didn't believe that she was unaware it was happening. Yeah, this is, and this is not an uncommon thing because this has happened to me as well. And it happens to a lot mm. of girls. And that's, I don't even think some girls believe other girls. That's how bad it is in the society because they're like, oh, she mm. must have known. Or, you know what I mean? And that's how fucked up mm. it is. Excuse my language. Because... Mm. No, no, I, carry on. You're not I also, I also <laughs> think... <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> I also and think... That's like coming out. <laughs> I also think with like younger guys as well, they, I think it's been normalized to them, which is probably why as they get older and if they start drinking and they're in these situations, like a lot mm. of the culture at uni is who is you, who are you going to take, what girl are you going to take home tonight? So I think that that, mm. that kind of culture as well feeds into it so much because it's like, that's not normal. Mm. That's, that's not really. Mm. And a lot of the time that can't be consensual. Mm. Mm. I want to ask, uh, this is going to be a very contentious question, uh, and I, I'm, not, I'm going to ask anyway, but let's say guys, because it tends to be guys who get accused of sexual assault more than, more often than not, for obvious reasons, because they're the ones who are doing it, but when someone gets accused of sexual assault, whether it's in a public eye or not, or, or particularly public eye, that person, whether guilty or not, they become completely discredited, and like they'll get dropped from shows, they'll get dropped from sponsors and stuff. I know it's a contentious, contentious question, do you think that's right or not? Our curiosity. I, what first of all, I think that say it's it, obviously if talking about the Noel Clark situation, obviously there's been twenty. Yeah, Noel Clark. There's, there's yeah. Been, let's say there's been there's been twenty accusations. You you can't yeah. you can't not validify any of those accusations, and it's the same when there's one accusation from one girl mm. to a guy. I think as long, I think you can't ignore someone's experience so that has happened so that guy has mm. done that to this girl and I think mm. whether it's right or wrong that they completely you don't know get cut out of their career or friendship group mm. I think all depends on the guy's um response to that whether it's denial whether mm. it's um ignorance and being like that didn't happen because mm. it's like, well, that did happen because that's her experience and you're completely mm. ignoring that. I think mm. it's not okay in, in any shape or form. Mm. And I think mm. I think it's fair that you can lose a lot of what you've built up. Yeah, to be honest, mm. because I think that you can't do these things and then get away with them. I think there is mm. obviously a space to grow and change and show that you are... Mm becoming you've tried to become a better person 
Mm. It's a difficult, it's a really difficult one to answer because it obviously is very, it all depends on the context, mm. but... I was throwing stuff out there. No, 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 it's a really good question. What do you think, Beck? Mm. You know, I'm just sitting here and trying to think about it because even when I heard the story come out, I, I quite liked Noel Clark. Like, I quite yeah, liked same. He was in. Mm. I quite liked, you know, his ambition. Like, I liked that. I didn't know he had any mm. links with, like, sexual assault. I haven't listened to the story, so I don't really know the kind of ins and outs of it, but I mm. have heard there are multiple different accounts, like 20 different accounts. Now, in my head, part of me is like, okay, yeah, he kind of needs to be reprimanded for that. Part of me is also like, I like to compartmentalize things. So part of me is like, well, he did do those things, but that's not his work. And then I keep thinking in my head, okay, if that's professional versus private life. And it's like, where's mm. the kind of blurred line there? Can you really think like that? Mm. I'm not saying yes or no mm. at the moment. I'm trying to think it through. Part of me is like, well, if we didn't know that stuff about him, we would have given him that BAFTA or whatever it is. Mm. But there was a, it, does, yeah. that take, does that take away from his creative and artistic abilities? No. But mm. there was does a crossover between work? there was a crossover <laughs> between professional and personal, and I think that's where the the kind of were these yeah. were these accusations not accusations but were these experiences while he was doing his work that a lot a lot yeah some some and a lot yeah because my question is so. So for my question, because it's not even about necessarily Noel Clark, for no, example, or, yeah. or but it's more of a case of like the whole investigation to things. So like you know, so someone commits a crime in, in theory, or allegedly commits a crime, they're presumed innocent to proven guilty, generally speaking. Now I just want to know whether like if someone has an like, accusation like made against them and stuff. Is it fair that they're I, I, again? I haven't read the whole Noel Clark stuff. I've actually read the articles at all. Um, I just want to know: like, is it fair that someone potentially can then lose a whole career based off a potential line? I know that sounds very, like, not. I guess I can say that come gaslighting, but I, I just want to kind of know in terms of like where I don't know. Like, where do we sit with that in terms of? Because you're right. You know, you can't deny someone's experience, and but also I just want to know in terms of, like when, when you someone has accusation or whatever or if there's, if, there's, if there's actually an investigation to what's gone on um is it fair that someone loses all x y or z prior to the answers coming out if that makes sense so you, so yeah. you know, remember yeah 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 so yeah. i believe he was accused yeah oh house of cards yeah 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 yeah, yeah when... to watch that, sort yourself out. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so Kevin, Kevin Spacey was accused of um, sexual assault, assault on this guy. The one on the um, I don't know what average you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know what. No, I've that's Rob, you, think about, you think about Robert De Niro, whoever. No, I didn't. Just carry on. Oh my the story. god, but, this is an adjustment so of Kev, my <laughs> So Kevin Spacey, so was accused of sexual sexually assaulting a guy. Um, and basically, so he was on House of Cards doing really well. He was dropped from that. He, he, he was meant to have a film come out like three, four weeks later. Dropped from that. Now, they, they do the investigation into it and stuff. And the guy who accused him of sexually assaulting him turns out, ev turns out according to the evidence, that he was lying. And, they, and, it was, and his, his, accus his accusations weren't entirely true. But Kevin Spacey's now suffered as a result of the accusation because obviously he's lost his TV program. He's lost his his film that he was making, which he was like the star of. And I guess the question, is that fair? Yeah. And also, I know it's a very unique case. An air of anonymity, unless it's proven. Like, like it just depends. I, 
because you're right it's a difficult one yeah is it like defamation or something it's like you know if you accuse someone of something and it turns out not to be true and you've publicly told everyone that person would have still had damage and there is there are media laws against that so the media should not be reporting that unless someone's already kind yeah. of yeah mm. so and, and that's just my question because it because that's just my question because like that's a big someone accuses you of something like and you're like, what that's a big asterisk on your name like no one's going near you for, whether that's the public world or you know in the general life so i'm just wondering kind of that's just another question i guess i've been thinking about yeah. like, oh, if someone does something if someone's accused of something i just find it really interesting that how people just drop them and say like, well you, you haven't even listened to anything yet like you're just presuming that they're wrong now i'm not trying to say that women's experiences aren't true and that these things don't happen because they, they clearly do but i just want to know that if someone accuses someone of something that person whether it's man or female will lose out x yeah. y z and it comes to they lose out wrongly and they haven't done anything i that, think so it's just a question i'm throwing it out there i yeah. think let's say it was one of my friends that mm. that got accused of something mm. i wouldn't i personally i know people who have been accused mm. of stuff and their friends have completely dropped them and i think that's not right mm. I think as, say, a friend, mm. it's an easier, kind of going out on an easier answer here, but um, <laughs> I would just have a conversation with them and I would just see their mm. response to the accusation first of all, because I think the way that somebody mm. responds and, and I guess, yes, there is two sides to every story and nobody mm. will ever know who what the exact truth is, but there are two experiences. Mm. So I think it, I'd have to go down a route of kind of a judge of character and a judge of the person mm. rather than it going on mm. the experience. For somebody who I don't know and say is somebody that's kind of like loses their whole career, I mean, mm. I don't know whether that's fair. I don't. You could say, no, it's not fair. I, I know the tricky question. Yeah. A, yeah, you could say it's not fair, but then I guess, I guess life isn't fair and I guess sometimes it takes things like this for this to happen that so that the people, the people also people that are also doing it change their behavior so that people mm. say for mm. yeah it's a very it's a very hard question it's very and a lot of what yeah if oh. you were i know <laughs> I I did like that. I i'll tell you what i'll tell you what, ask that question because when I, i'll tell you ask that question because whenever whenever i hear a story in the news i'm just like well what do we actually know that's, yeah. that's just my opinion because I never jump on oh he's guilty or they're guilty I'm like what do we what do we know in terms of evidence x y or z because once on as soon as, soon as, someone, soon as someone casts that stone rightly or wrongly I'm not judging that person yeah the person who, who's been accused is now wrong and vile x y or z whether it's true or whether it's not true if it's true then it should be punished x y z but yeah, and it's, but... Also, it's, also, it's, it's very difficult to prove and i know I, I get it difficult because it's difficult to prove x what like these things happen because a lot of the time it is he said she said like they're so against their story so i'm not trying to defend um people who are accused of things first and foremost i don't want like, to like, get confused but i just want i was kind of interested in terms of how just your thoughts on how things play out in the media and how people get x like dropped and stuff I see Becky's going to jump on that. I think, I think what's interesting is that I think girls automatically, mm. when something happens to them, weigh up how how much mm. how much attention this needs. They weigh up who yeah. do I tell? 
do I tell just mm. my friends? Do I keep this to myself? Do I tell the authorities at like the police? Do I tell, do mm. I go to hospital and get checked out? Do I, like, they, they kind of weigh up, me included, because I've had to do this, where you've weighed up and gone, what do I need to do How in a situation? Is it serious enough to tell if it's in a work situation or a friendship group? Is it, is it mm. bad enough for me to tell all of my friends who are then going to look badly on this person? Or is it something that I'm going to blame myself about or, or whatever that situation is? And my question to Holly mm. was going to be, um, we've, we've both had experiences in workplaces. Like we, we both have, we don't have to go into like the details of them, but if mm. we made an accusation against, or not an accusation, okay, say something happened to us in the workplace with someone that we know mm. and everyone else knew. And, it, you know, we can use these big, big examples with celebrities if we kind of personalize it a bit, because this is what I was thinking mm. about when we were talking. If that happened to you and you were the person accusing them and you knew it 100% happened, would you want them to be completely out of that industry, out of that job you were with? Or is it just like you just don't want to be around you? Just, you know what? Like, for example, some situations I've been in, um, something really minor has happened. And then so, then they got a job at the same place that I worked. And I was like, hey, like people knew that happened. I don't see mm. why now I've got to work with that person when they weren't working mm. there in the first place and this happened after so all of this stuff. And it's just like, mm. in my head, I was trying to weigh up, well, you know what? I probably just wouldn't want them anywhere near me. And I'd want respect from my work colleagues to be like, hey, you've done that to someone else. Yeah. Let's kind of stand in solidarity and be like, you can work anywhere else, just don't work here. Mm. I don't know, that's that kind yeah. of level of, that's why I was gonna ask you about your experiences. So when you've had an experience with someone in a workplace or whatever, is it just you want them out of your workplace or you want them completely gone from that industry or I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, I think it is probably, I just wouldn't want to be around them. I think that to completely obviously shun somebody out, like as long as they're not around me and everyone respects that, I don't want mm. them to be near me because they've done this. Mm. that's fine they don't bother me and nobody else you know if if that mm. person's friends then want to continue and do whatever they want to you know they want to fuck with him then they can fuck with him but just don't fuck with me do you know what i mean it's kind of that like yeah will respect me for my experience yeah. they're my friends and they're the people that i will yeah. respect back the people that decide not to so yeah and i this think is the thing it's like yeah. it's this weighing up of how serious is it it's like if it's something that they've done to you and they don't realize it's bad and you said to them that they said this is bad like i don't want you anywhere near me but they've got a, a good character and they think they're a, this is the thing this is this is why we call it this i'm this a good guy yeah yeah I'm yeah i'm a good yeah. guy like i didn't cause i didn't mean to cause offense to you i didn't mean it to be a traumatic experience for you hey but it was mm. do you know what i mean it's kind of this level mm. of so you you cause this for me so just don't be around me but if it was something like obviously murder like that's black and white that is bad like do you know what i mean then you kind of tell yeah. the authorities and you expect them to be disbarred from everything yeah, yeah. if it's just like i don't know i think that's that level of stuff and i think we try and weigh it up individually and i don't know if it's i don't know is it for us to individually so, try and work out or is it for someone yeah. to kind of say hey where's the limits here I, it's so difficult yeah so like so let's say so let's say that happened to you at work okay you went so like say happened to you at work you you then told your manager about it would you want your manager to investigate it privately and then that so would you want to manage manager to investigate it privately that person can still be at work whilst to be investigated or do you want a guy like complete or guy or girl like you know it's not only guys but yeah. most, most, most times it is but you know like would you want that that person to be out of the building until it's fin until investigation is finished i would want them to either be suspended 
yeah mm. or away away from me i mm. wouldn't even want, mm. to want to bump into them so i'd want them on different shift yeah. times than me like i don't i wouldn't yeah, care yeah. i just wouldn't want to even see their face because it's just or mm. someone else speaking about them the thing is i think also if you suspend them then people go why has that person been suspended i've heard there's a rumor yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, and it's like okay i don't want that it's just I then it creates this whole thing them. yeah Mm. yeah do you agree yeah there? no i agree i i i would say the same thing i'd be like yeah i would just be like i don't if, if you really aren't gonna do anything about it or at least just don't don't put me near them just put them on a different mm. floor or wherever it is you work or whatever can have, you, have yeah. you had to deal with any of this like have you ever had to consider if a girl did this to you or a guy did this to you what would you like to happen in that situation or no never even no because this this crosses never crossed my mind. mind a lot <laughs> yeah i mean it's never crossed no that's never really crossed my mind in terms of i've always avoided being in those those sort of situations in the first place so like, i never drank for a reason when i was out at uni because i didn't like so i had a friend at uni who was accused of raping a girl and it's really weird. Like the stories come back to me now. And actually, I don't like. Best I know he was accused of it, and then the the, the the charges were dropped. And like we played football together for three years, but we never really spoke about it. And I don't really know, necessarily know why. All I know, one time I was at, was in a club, and then we went home. And then the police were at his door the next morning. Which and, and we we never spoke about it. So I, I from what from what I know, the charges were dropped and nothing happened to him. But for me, I never got into a situation where like that would happen. Like, and that's mm-hmm. why I never drank because I didn't want to have any any sort of miscommunication or nothing like that because I'm aware that you know th- th- this happens. It's a serious thing. Like you, it's not that you, you can uh um I it, you, you you deny it and it goes away. That that's sort of thing. Is there that follows you for life regardless of where you where you go. I mean, I guess the closest thing I can have to kind of having issues at work would probably be kind of stuff around race rather than anything that's like sexual harassment as such. And even then, that, nothing's happened to me personally. I think the closest thing that happened to me was a patient said something. Like he, he said it, he said something. He didn't think I, he didn't think I'd hear it. So I was, I was walking, um, I was walking walk to go see another patient. He called me a black bastard, and I heard him say it. And so I spoke to the nurse in charge on the ward about it, so they can deal with it. And that's the closest thing I've got to have to deal with, kind of reporting something, report something at work or out and about. Um, but I think the black experience is different because if I'm being honest, would I report it? If I reported it, would I expect anything to happen? Probably not because I don't think people like the people don't care. Like work won't do anything. I don't believe work will do anything. Yeah, but it's the same. It's the same with us. Yeah, but if we if we yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Um, if we said oh this guy looked at me funny or like if this this guy like I've had it at work where someone's like made a comment about what i'm what i'm wearing or what i look like but i'm wearing a uniform the same as yeah. everyone else like a high up buttoned up like polo shirt yeah, like yeah. nothing's on show but i've yeah, had yeah. guys comment would i if i reported that would would anything be done no like yeah. so we just it's, no. it is kind of similar you know you do yeah it is similar. There's, there's definitely like, the similarities i guess to kind of the i guess it comes that thing kind of intersectionality there's the similarities kind of the the, the what women will go through to an extent what and black people go through and also yeah. what black women go through they go through like they have the oh. difficulty of being black or the difficulty of being like they have the burden that comes with being black sometimes and then have that additional burden of being a black woman and actually not being one getting like not being treated t- taken seriously one because they're women and also because they're black so mm-hmm. you know to understand to deal with that is a something i've can never get my head around and never never able to experience but 
there is that kind you, of thing. Well, if I report it, what's really going to happen? Got, I can't remember if you've got any female members of your family apart from your mom. Yeah, so I got I got an uh, old sister and a mom. And I look just like her as well. <laughs> um, a mommy's boy. But, what's um what's your sister saying about this? You know, I haven't really spoken to her about it. I probably should do. I haven't really spoken to her about it. We don't really talk do. that often. <laughs> probably should. Do. I might have checked in with her to see what's going on. But I like never my, I, like my but, sister hey, in law. Have you any experiences? <laughs> yeah. But like my sister in law and stuff, like so she's had issues where like she she's face up like, blatant like discrimination and like whether whether because she's black or whether because she's been a woman and to a point where she changed her career path and created her own job and create her own create her own business so she can do what she wanted to do because there were all these limits placed on her f- through work so and that that's kind of going complete opposite way so she, I, didn't even, I, I don't know the ins and outs of it but didn't necessarily report things but to a point where she's like i'm not going to do this anymore because actually i get to a ceiling and then when I try to raise an issue, people don't take me seriously because I think oh, I'm the angry black woman or they think I'm on playing a race car. And so I actually did not take my experiences seriously. So what she did, she created her own business out of it and went separate and created her own business, which is monumental to, to have to do that in the first place. But it speaks to the whole thing of actually, when I speak up, no one listens to me. And it's like, how do you, you know, how do we, how do we, how do we change that culture? And how do you navigate that field? Which is, you know, and I think, which is which is really really tricky. Um, I don't really have an answer for it. Mm. Well, not as anyone else, probably. Do you think it's already changing? I don't know. Oh, I, I want to say yeah. I think I think with regards to women's rights, I think more I think more happened with, with women's what women's what women's rights <laughs> than it will racism. I think more will change yeah. in the imminent future regarding women's rights than racism will. And that's just kind of how history and history plays itself out. But women's rights women's rights have gone further and achieved more in women's rights than they have within racism in the last hundred years. Um and that's because people in power, generally old white men, don't care about people of colour, let's be honest. Like the decisions the decisions they make affect no, they positively affect white people generally, and as consequence, they disenfranch they disenfranchise and negatively impact people of color. So I think women's rights will, is more likely to have a positive shift and gain more momentum, do more than racism. If you look at how how the policing, the, the reporting of the protests for Sarah Everard and the protests for Black Lives Matter, polar opposites in terms of the the general sympathy from the media regarding what, what happened to Sarah Everard, you know, people could understand why women were really upset, and they could understand why actually the police going there with batons and stuff was completely out, completely out of order. But when black people or people, no, it's black people, black people of color are protesting about the the structural injustices throughout every aspect of society, all of a sudden the newspaper can't seem to understand why that's the case mm. and think it's wrong that they're protesting. In, in lockdown in COVID, but actually the several Everard thing was was in the peak of the second wave. And it's, yeah. well, I've been working on a, I've been working I've been working in hospital for the last six weeks working on wards, helping help, helping patients out. But it's okay for white women, white men to go protest yeah. the killing of several Everard, rightly so because it was completely wrong. But when black people, people of try to protest what happens to their community, mm. all of a sudden it's a, it's a negative. Obviously, it's also all of a sudden it's taboo. 
So do I think things will change? I reckon, I think slowly, but I think women's rights will go further first than racism will. And that's just how it has been. You know, a lot of other rights have gone have gone before racism and been dealt with before racism. If you look at kind of um, uh, like LBG, the LBGTQ community, massive changes have happened in that society yeah. and within how we live compared to actually dealing with things like racism, which have been yeah. have been about probably since since like the eighteen hundreds, if not yeah. well, no sixteen hundreds, if not earlier. So there's my answer in a in yeah. a way. I think it will, it will happen slowly, but I know how history goes. Um. So yeah, so we'll see. That's when you need allies to come together because it's the same problem, effectively. Yeah, it, yeah. effectively. Yeah, is. yeah, definitely. The issues that you face, we face, and actually, if you if you actually band together, so if me and you have the common understanding, actually, the things that are going to affect me will affect you. All of a sudden, you can then change that dynamic. So, mm-hmm. and that's why these conversations need to happen because it's not necessarily it's not always a black thing or women's thing. Actually, it's just human rights and equality. It's, it's not even politics it's just life that was just brilliantly said so <laughs> uh, that, you literally <laughs> summed it all up and I would not change a word of what you just said <laughs> you look so happy about it <laughs> look at your face the grin in it I don't know <laughs> it's so well, the, 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 I'm always grinning I'm always I'm always happy <laughs> yeah, but true. that's just how I feel about it and you know you yeah history history repeats itself but i think i think things are changing i just think certain things will change first before other things do yeah unless people change and have these conversations yeah has your has your life changed at all so how has your i guess looking at i guess like the women's rights and equality from sarah sarah everard and kind of black lives matter how has your life changed or has it changed since last year well, i guess everyone's life changed since covid but kind of how are things going like have you noticed a change in what you do i think it's challenging no, to see because just personally lockdown um yeah mm. Mm-mm. um i want to say yes but i'm gonna say no <laughs> yeah yeah no i think even down to like little things of like Okay. But personally, but I'm not necessarily not on a world on like a global no, scale, but kind of your personal yeah. day-to-day life. Have you, yeah. I think if if we're going off the kind of men respecting women kind of mm. thing, I'm gonna say with some some very few people that I know, maybe yes. You mm. know, there's some people that have said to me, engaged a little bit more in that conversation, but mm. on the whole, probably not. I feel like there was a guy that had ignored my texts and then he decided to message me after I put up me, my, me, me in a bikini pic because I'd just done some PTing. So I show, mm. was showing my before and after photos and it's like, so you games. can't, you can't have games. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't reply to my message, but you can comment on how I look. And I think, for mm. me, that was, it was only that's only something small, but for me, that just symbolised this whole Big kind volume, of culture of of how people view women, and it's like we're mm-hmm. more than just our looks. And if you can mm-hmm. only really speak to me because of how I look, then I don't want to speak to you. It's not, it's mm-hmm. not that I don't like you as a person, but it's like that's my. That's, it says a lot about your, it says, says a lot about their character, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Tell Go tell them. <laughs> Tell him, Holly. Tell him. Yeah, no, it's true. I will. Yeah. 
I think that conversations have started happening more. So I think for me, nothing's changed, but I think this is the first thing that I can remember in my lifespan that has had this mm. shift for women. Mm. And same with Black Lives Matter. This is the first thing mm. that I can really see that has made conversations. The Black Lives Matter and the Sarah Everard thing. Um, mm. Has it changed behaviours? I don't think so. Like, you, you, I mean, you're mm. both aware that over the past week or two, I ha- was speaking to someone who was lying about their identity for seven months. And I, like, distinctly said to him at the beginning, I was like, something's a little bit sketchy here. Like, can you prove who you are? And, like, we went through this whole kind of identification thing. Like, genuinely, he sent mm. me that picture of his face, like, blah, blah, blah. We went on FaceTime, all of this stuff. And um, I said to him, you know, like, sorry, but, like, girls are quite scared like girls are scared about who they're talking to online because there have been murders in the past there have been all this like I don't want to be overreacting and he was yeah you know, and then seven months later he turns out to have been lying about his identity and this is following all of that stuff so yes conversations are probably happening but have behavior shifts changed no mm. and I think it's because he would still class himself as a good guy and the problem is is that people hide behind those labels of it I'm a good guy or I'm not racist yeah. and it's like that's the problem. We're not calling it you out. You say you're not and... racist, but your behaviour say otherwise. Mm. Yeah. I, I don't make girls so... scared or don't do anything bad to girls, but I'll lie about my identity online and say it's my, it's my prerogative, or whatever the word is, to share whatever yeah, probably, my identity yeah. is online. And it's like, mm. yeah, like, you don't have to show me, like, your whole life story, but a real profile picture would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. That's and a, and a yeah. name, like just one name, like a first name. I don't even want your middle one last name, just like a first name. That's true. Yeah. That'd be great. Like, yeah. not asking for much. <laughs> That's yeah. mad. That's no, mad, mad, isn't it? Yeah. It's tricky because I've read a few. Like, I've read a few books written from women's point of view, and that blew my mind. Like, just blew my mind because obviously. You, they're from women's point of view, so you then see you read their feelings and read their emotions and read their experiences and the impact. And it's just like, rah. I was just like, do, do you think about isolated. it? Isolated, like things are. No, no, no. Like, oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. So crazy. Like him, but like this like, guy rah. on his own lying about his identity. You know, isn't the end of the world. But when you add it up to, okay, let's look at past media stories. A guy that's lied about his identity calls the death or a murder. It's just like. Oh, like, so I, 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 I didn't even think you told me about this. So I didn't even think about that, that link. What did you think? No. When I told you about this guy, I, what did you think? That like he was just a weirdo? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I was, like, I was like, that's a bit weird. Why are you not just show who you are? Like, I, yeah. I was like, that's a bit weird. But I didn't make a link between someone lying about identity and being a murderer, which is very plausible. Holly, like, Holly what did you happened. think? When I told you about this guy, what was your impression? What did you think? Did you think safety or did you think I was just a bit weird as a person? Did I think you was weird? No, not me. I thought both, both really. I was like, one, I was like, one, I think the first thing I said to you was, that's so weird. And then my mm. second thought was like, that's really weird because if you'd have intended to meet up with him, he could have been anyone. And also mm. just like, I don't know. Why I just, would you do it? Why would, you know, you're, you're talking, and if you are talking to somebody a lot, like over the phone or whatever, like you share quite yeah. a lot and it's like, yeah. It's a very damaging thing to your trust when when somebody doesn't mm. turn out to be who who you think they are. So it's like it is like minor trauma because you're just like, and it's mm. just, just weird. I think also, like I think, mm. I think you just question it. It's like catfish. If, if someone else, oh my, <laughs> if someone 
like, yeah. If someone else had said to me, oh, this happened to me, I'd be like, well, maybe they didn't do their checks properly. Maybe they didn't like research them enough. Maybe they didn't do this. Maybe they didn't do that. But I am like literally saying, I saw some red flags and directly asked him. I went yeah. on FaceTime with him. I had live photos of him. I asked him to send me pictures of him. You, and F- you went all FBI though. I, you went, yeah. Yeah, but I do this with everyone for my own sake. I know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not 100%. I don't 100%. care what he is, who he does. I don't care his job. I'm not going to yeah. cause any issues. I'm not going to psycho-stalk him. It's just, I just want to see a digital trail to know if someone's real or not. And some yeah. people were adding up why I did all of these kind of, I was like, how else can I prove this? And he did everything mm. I was asking him to kind of prove his identity. And it still turned out to be false. And the only way I found out was because of an Instagram algorithm that kind of was like, hey, this is a friend you might know. I'm like, that's his face. That's a different name. Then searched that name and realized, oh, he's got a Facebook account. Oh, he's got an Instagram account. Oh, he's got a LinkedIn account. And this is a legit person. So at least he wasn't a weirdo. It was just, he wanted to hide his identity because of his work account. And then, you know what? I've got friends that do have different names attached to their Instagram accounts and stuff. And I get that, but like, that's so sketchy. That's a, a very extent to go. It's a big way to go, like to go that far to not to say what's going on. It's a bit much. Like, even like, dude, just tell me it. Like, if you can't because of work, like, cool. But yeah, no, I did. I never made a link between that and murder. But actually, you think about <laughs> what happens in the news. Well, no, it's, I didn't. And, and it's probably it's probably because I have the benefit of not worrying about those things. Like realistically, yeah, but Ken, like, if I meet up with him, I'll be telling you, and you'll be like, hey, I'm gonna be like stalking your location. Like call me before yeah. and after, like send me a photo yeah. of you and him, like hundred <laughs> percent. But like if I if I was to try and meet someone, not that I would because I'm happily engaged, but like your if I was and stuff, like should be watching this. I, she will be. She's 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 working from home at the moment. But like I would have to worry about someone trying to kidnap me, because let's be fair, unless they've got like three or four of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm generally like I'm generally yeah, I'm generally safe. Whereas it's completely different for for women, you know. And ugh, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's just that that was weird. I mean, trust your gut. Always trust your gut, innit? Yeah. I always yes trust my. No, I, I, I trust, it, I trust my gut. Yeah, but like, listen, like this. The, this is the thing, right? This is like, hey, but maybe you should trust your gut, like all of this, and it's just like, okay, so the same situation. You you went like, wrong. A few months yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but this is the thing. It's like we can't just trust our guts because, like, the next guy that I ended up speaking to also didn't have social media. Like his social media had one photo. I was like, that's a bit sketchy. So, <laughs> but then I ended up seeing him and then like meeting his family, like all of this stuff. He was a legit yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. So I can't just go. He hasn't got social media red flag. Like every guy's yeah. gonna be doomed. Like who am I ever gonna find in this world? <laughs> so it's like True. we can't even trust our gut. Yeah, there were red flags with him, but there were red flags with this other guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, it's difficult because then every, the next person you speak to, you're gonna have that experience in the back of your mind. And because your your life is shaped by experiences you have, and you make decisions based off experiences. So therefore, if you have those sort of experiences, you can't just use all the negatives to make that one decision. So it is a balancing act. But but it's when it's yeah. when you speak to the guys afterwards and say like, oh, there's like a few red flags on social media, and they go, yeah, and what? And I'm like, yeah, but like, can you prove who you are? And they're like, oh yeah. my god, you don't believe me. And then they just like ghost and leave, and it's just like. Okay, well, you're not you time, for me though. because you don't care. Yeah. I know, I get it, but like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. We backlash for asking for our own safety, and like, I feel like hopefully yeah. the conversations that happen will help that, but who knows? But do you think, but I don't think guys look at it as you keeping yourself safe. Does that make sense? Mm. I don't think they have psychos, I think. They're like, why yeah, do you know? I, 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 yeah, so I can see, I can see that, I can see why, yeah. 
like, calm down. You're not, like, calm down. You're not all that. You're not all that. Calm down. But like, That's I don't exactly think guys. What it not, is. Yeah, well, no, but I think guys don't recognize the reason for why people do think. Why the reason why women might do that, and ask those questions. They don't understand that actually. There's been there's been history to you know show that women's been women met a guy online was then killed effectively. Like they don't make the, the connection between this for women is threatening and worrying. And actually, they don't want to engage in that unless they have some sort of confirmation that you're actually who you say you are and not some killer because there are killers out there and there's rapists out there who pretend to be good guys. They play the role of, oh, I'm your friend, blah, blah, blah. And then they meet you and then they may have a really sad headline. So I don't think guys have that understanding. Something you said earlier was you didn't drink at university because you would... (laughs) You're not in trouble, it's fine. Um, You didn't drink at uni because you wanted to avoid any potential situation of being blamed or any situation that would happen to you. 100%. If we go back to Sarah Everard, she was just Mm. walking home. True. just walking home. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, yeah. Which is mad. But I guess with regards to me, me not drinking, my thinking was, well, like, if I'm drunk and I'm out ever... And I and I don't remember what happened. I can't say I. I can't say what, what happened. What, I'm in control of the situation, but I can. Re- when you're sober, you can avoid situations quite easy because you see them. Ha- you can see them play out in front of you. Whereas when you're drunk and people have that liquid courage, they, they get a bit carried away and they they make they look they go back. Oh, I should have done that. Whereas I never wanted to have that. Oh, I should have done that moment. Whether regards how small, how big it could have been, I just didn't want it. Plus, plus it was cheaper and I felt better in the morning. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was a case of I don't want to be in a position where I'm not in control of what's going on, where I don't know what's happening. Whether that's me, get, whether that's my friends getting into a fight and dealing with that, or whether it's my friends who I know quite well and I, want, and I want them to get home safely. Like, I want to always be aware of what I was doing and I knew I was going to be safe. But what about, if, about it didn't myself. Have anything, if it had nothing to do with alcohol? Like, if Sarah had had a drink or not that night, she would have still being a target oh yeah it's so strange that we can't avoid those yeah yeah no but i guess i'm i wasn't speaking on that part i I guess i was speaking about my own personal experience and why i did why i did at uni but in i guess with the case of sarah everard you know this 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 guy so so like i said sarah she could have been drunk she could not she could not have been drunk regardless of what happened that man made those decisions to lead to what happened so in all cases and purposes you know Sarah's a victim not because of what she did but because of what someone else did and so yeah you know that is isn't isn't that the case with most things that happen yeah probably is most I I can't say I I can't speak all of it but yeah probably (laughs) is the case in all things that happen but I know for myself you know I when I go out I don't drink because I don't want XYZ to happen to her if I'm out you know, if Joe's out and I'm not around, I'd I'd rather her not have too much to drink because of the potential of someone trying to take advantage of her. And that's not that's not Joe's fault at all. But I'd rather her be as sober as possible so she knows what's going on around her, she knows where she is, and recognise actually this is not point in a safe situation. I'ma avoid that. Because I've had friends who at uni who are drunk and are out. And this like this that girl's for example, she was talking to that fifty year old guy who's clearly trying to get her drunk. And it's like she wasn't aware of what was going on. She's like, Oh, I'm getting a free drink. And it's like, I could see that's not right. Whereas mm. when decisions you make when you're sober are very different to when you make when you're drunk. And that's not me blaming people for being drunk. No, that's not, you know, that's not why things happen. But 
I always look, always look at what, what I can control. If I can control what I'm doing and how I'm behaving, then I can keep myself safe and keep those around me safe. Um, and that's not saying that girls shouldn't or women shouldn't be drunk when they're out because they, they have every right to and have every right to go out how they want to go out and dress how they want to dress. But when I, whenever I go out, I always make sure that I'm safe for myself because of what can happen. And that's things like, oh, if I get into a fight, if I get into a fight and police turn up, I'm I'm screwed. Like, I know for well that I'm gonna get the blame, regardless of what happens. So therefore, I don't get drunk because if that happens, I'm I know what, where I'm at, or X, Y, or Z, which is a bit shit way to live. Not a shit way to live your life. I quite like it, but it's the balance. It's the decision you have to make to try and keep yourself safe. Mm. And the same thing with you, like Holly. When you walk home, you make sure you call your dad. Mm. You, know, you you put things in place to keep yourself safe as possible, not because of what you're going to do, but mm. because of other people and how they how they might try to impact on your life. So you have to then make the decisions to keep you safe. Same when you call me, Becca. You know, you call me because it was late at night. You probably just want to say hello to be honest, but also having <laughs> on the phone. Yeah, but just in case. Whereas I was like, why is Becca? It's nine o'clock. Why is Becca calling me? Is she okay? I was like, shit, something's <laughs> happened. Because that's that's where my mind goes to because of what goes on in the world yeah so yeah well thanks for being so honest and engaging in the conversation ken you've been wonderful (laughs) can i come again (laughs) yeah you can (laughs) you can begging for a spot on this i love it it's really really cool you guys are doing amazing work and i think thank you no you are you guys are doing really really, really important stuff and these are conversations that need to be had um at every level whether it's at childhood school work you know it's important stuff and you guys are doing really well so yeah keep thank going you. thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to our podcast we really appreciate it. As always, you can find us on Instagram at It's The Good Guys Too. You can find Rebecca and I on Instagram at Rebecca Emily Robb and at Holly Kellen Gray. Each week we'll be posting a new podcast, chatting to a new guy about a different topic. So we'll chat to you more next week. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>